Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And this is the new real estate agent 15-step 90-day success plan. And of course, you can use this plan whether you are a new real estate agent or not. Before we get to point number one, Julie and I were just talking about <laughs> something that she read online. That's the first sign that basically... Warning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, we're going to just address this head on and we're not going to sugarcoat it. So get ready. I'm just going to shoot you guys between the eyes and Julie's going to back it up with facts as we always do on this podcast. There is not going to be a real estate crash. There's not going to be a precipitous drop in home values. There's not going to be anything that's going to resemble anything that even remotely resembles what happened back in 2007, 2008. Stop listening to anybody that tells you that what, you know, that there's going to be any kind of crash or correction. 99% of the time, they didn't sell real estate back then. They don't know the facts and or, or most likely, they're trying to sell you something in preparation for this zombie apocalypse housing crash that's never going to happen. So I want you guys to be very clear that this time of year is uh, really any time of year, but really, you know, it, it's, I have not seen so much misinformation or straight up, <laughs> I'm going to just use the word that came to my mind, lying that's happened in our industry since probably it's been at least 10 years because of the fact that so many agents don't know what to do in this real estate market, weren't selling real estate back then. And they're so they're such easily, uh, easily manipulated into believing there's going to be a housing crash because, you know, after all, all these other people are saying there's going to be a housing crash. How can the masses be wrong? Well, they are. So here are some facts straight from Julie Harris. Yes, that's right. So you might think that foreclosures are going up. Why do you guys think that sometimes well, because in the previous thing that you've heard about, probably not lived through, prices went up, prices went up, it seemed like a big boom, and then there was a big bust. And that is the beginning and end of the thought process. Just because prices have been going up for a long time does not equal a housing crash. That is not a fact based on anything. Just because it happened back then does not mean it's happening back now. Why? And we've done very long form podcasts with many, many points, but the underlying facts are not even close to the same. Well, matter of fact, there's the fewest number of distressed real estate uh, actual homes that, that there's been in how many long? 20 years? No, I think not 20, about like 15. they've recorded it. Okay. Well, and not well, only that. As a percent. As a percent yeah. of total mortgages, right? It's less than 3%, right? Yes. Okay. So here's a couple of facts since we're facting them off the top here. Uh, only about 50% of people who own a home even have a mortgage. And I believe the number, and Julie and I didn't prepare for this. Like I said, this was just a conversation we're kind of looping you guys in on. I believe the number was a little bit less than 50%, like 43%, but it's yeah. something like that. Now, when we say that on this podcast, somebody always puts in the comments, I have a hard time believing that that few people have mortgages. How? Why is it that you have a hard time believing that? A lot of people basically by the time they're like 45 or 50 have their home paid off. Or, and it's know, also tracked. 
Yeah, it's exactly. Google it. You know, Altus Research has fantastic facts. You can um, join them for your own local zip code and get your personal facts. That's the nice thing about you know we call it GTS. Google that shit. So if you come across, <laughs> if you're wanting to know something, that too. You know, GTS that, and you're going to discover what the truth is. And what we just told you again, I'm not sure if our numbers are right, but the essence of the point we're trying it's to make is between forty and fifty percent. There you go. Okay. Now that yeah. that means the other fifty percent of the people that have. Um, uh, you know, mortgages, they have mortgages that are 3%, 3.2% or less. So a vast majority of the people with mortgages have essentially mortgages where their money's free. Now, what do I mean by that? Because the homes, and this is the last point, and this is the big one, and I'll leave it up to Julie to make this point, the amount of appreciation rate or inflation. Mm -hmm. But uh, with the inflation rate on real estate being somewhere between six, seven or 8% year over year, and that's going to continue. That trend's going to continue for a long period of time for all kinds of reasons, but it really comes down to demand, right? But what you're looking at is you're looking at homes that are going to increase in value at a greater uh, at a greater amount and actual real dollars than the cost of owning that home. So if someone bought a four hundred thousand dollar house and they put down I don't know fifty grand, and they have a three hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage, and the mortgage is based on a three percent. Um, Finance rate, there. I can't even do the math in my head. It's like thirteen or fourteen hundred bucks, depending on property taxes per month. Well, that same home is going to appreciate this year. So you're looking at pay, probably their all-in uh, expense being less than twenty grand. If that home inflated or appreciated by six percent in the last twelve months, that same four hundred thousand dollar home now six times four guys get it. So someone's actually make living in their house for free because the house is actually inflating faster than, uh, than, than what they're the, spending on. Than they're, what they're spending on that. That is not normal unless you're in a house a super duper duper long time, like decades. Then that kind of thing will play out uh, because of the inflation. But with interest rates and so many people locked into lower interest rates, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have won the real estate lottery. Now, that's not to mean that they're going to stay in those homes forever because a lot of those people are going to have to put those homes for sale for natural, normal reasons that sellers have always historically put their homes for sale. Too big, too small, can't afford it, moving, relocating. And here's the real bugaboo. Here's the thing that nobody, all these you know, real estate doomsdayers don't want you to really take into consideration. The amount of, we talked about the amount of equity. We talked about the uh, average mortgage interest rate. But the amount of inflation or appreciation in homes in the last 24 to 36 months has been... Uh up to 40% in some markets like Boise, but on average, right about 28% since 2020. So if you bought a house back in 2020, you can just add 28% and you have at least that much equity. The average equity for people who still owe something on their homes, people with mortgages, is over $100,000. That's the average. Now, are there cases where perhaps maybe you bought in the last half of last year and you were in a bidding war and you had to go over list price and you didn't have a really big down payment, and maybe you got relocated and you have not very much equity. Yes, that's true, but it's still highly unlikely that you would get to the point where you're actually upside down. What she's saying is if you bought when interest rates were higher and you haven't stayed in the house long enough and you put money down, if you had to be forced to sell the property now, you might actually have to lose some of the equity. But here's the solution for that. Stay in the house another year or 18 months or rent the house for another year or 18 months. And then the inflation rate is going to basically make you more than right on your mortgage and more than right yeah. on your equity situation. Well, so are there random sort, I call them one-off foreclosures and short sales? Very, very occasionally, like one to 2%. I don't know why anybody would go after one to 2% of the market. 
what you're seeing randomly, and I mean very randomly, and this example that I was reading online was in Las Vegas. But even the distressed real estate is still selling for retail, basically. It is still selling for retail. So that that is, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is a huge difference between this time versus last time because Last time it was the phrase, catch a falling knife. Prices were falling virtually by the hour and, Julie and equity and I, was disappearing. And Julie and I were buying houses then. We were buying houses. I remember going on auction.com and putting in bids on properties that we ended up buying a lot of them in Las Vegas and still own them. And I remember the auction gal called back and was like, what the hell? You want to buy real estate? I mean, do you remember that? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, do you know this is the process? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then when you're buying through like auction.com, you have to pay their commission basically. And she goes, well, you know, this is going to cost you an additional whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Let's do it. It's fine. And those properties now are worth 3x what we paid for them. That's right. Totally different scenario. Prices will continue to go up. Now, will they go up, you know, 20% a year? That was extremely unusual. I know some of you think that that was normal because for you, that has been normal, but it's not actually normal. On average, it's five or 6% over the past, uh, probably 10 to 15 years. And beyond that, it gets down to about three to 5%, depending on, you know, where you live and how far back in time you're going, but it's still increasing. Okay. So here's the thing, the, the, uh, and we'll get off this topic in a second and onto our 15 step 90 day success plan. Just because somebody is losing a little bit of their down payment and only walking away with 20 grand instead of 30 grand, that's not a short sale. A short sale is when they owe more than the property is actually selling for. We will do a podcast in the future, which will sort out a lot of this stuff that confuses some of you. It's not your fault. You've probably never dealt with it. You've well, heard you're about it. And you're frankly listening to ignoramus as people that don't. Who They're just pontificating. Exactly. They don't know what the heck they're talking about either. Now, there are going to be outliers where you are going to run into people that are in a potential negative equity situation. Those people may have like bought two days ago. Or okay? maybe they missed a lot of payments and or, there's no workout. I don't know. But no, I don't even it's think that's, a, I don't even think that scenario. It's yeah. they refinanced. Maybe yeah. they refinanced and something like that. So there's going to be situations. I'll tell you the ones that I would be very, and I am very weary of personally, are these commercial loans. A lot of the commercial loans out there that were short-term loans and now the, the you know the multifamily and the uh, commercial uh, borrowers, yeah. they're going to have to refinance into this higher end. There you're going to see some distress. Yes. No doubt in my mind, you're going to see some distress, especially with office buildings and things like that. San Francisco, I'm thinking about you. Mm -hmm. But again, let's just be very clear. Stop looking for the sky to fall. The sky is not going to fall. And this wasn't today's topic, but we just talked about it for nine minutes. Hopefully you guys yeah. have learned something from it. We've done tons of pos uh, podcasts, yep. I think like six in the past 24 months. For sure, at least. But you got to be super careful who you heck you're listening to in this real estate market. Otherwise, look, if you're believing, for example, the real estate market's going to you know implode, what does that, what effect does that have on your psychology? What effect does that have on the actions that you take? If you don't believe that tomorrow's going to be better than today, you're not going to do what's necessary today to make tomorrow better than today. In other words, if you think the market's going to fall, think of all the things you're not going to do. Um, and as a result, guess what? Your market, your personal economy, your personal real estate business, your family's future is going to be, you know, adversely affected because of the fact that you listened to somebody that was full of hooey. Who is completely 100% unauthorized to be making such statements. All right, let's jump in, Julie. Okay. So congratulations. You made a wise decision. You have a real estate license, whether you just got licensed uh, or you've been at it for a while but lack direction. Let's follow this 90-day success plan, and we're going to get right to, let's just get right to point number one. Okay, you got it. So uh, number one, pick your broker wisely. 
Does your broker have stock awards, health insurance, daily education, and rev- and uh, profit share? Revenue share. You got it I'm right sorry. the first time. Revenue share. Sorry, I got tongue-tied. Okay. It's costly to start with the wrong brokerage. It's costly to switch brokerages. You know, you have signs and everything else you have to do. Having to switch later costs you both time and money. So do take the time to choose wisely in the first place. And if you didn't choose wisely in the first place, we strongly encourage you to choose wisely now. That's the reason that Julie and I are proudly associated with eXp Realty, one of the best business decisions we made about five years ago. We've gone on to build a group that's close to 3,000 agents globally. It's pretty, it's fantastic. If you're interested in joining with Julie and I at eXp and being part of our group, we encourage you to take one of two paths. You can uh, just text the letters EXP to 47372, text the letters EXP to 47372, or if you're ready to join and you just would like to land the plane, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. I'll answer any of your lingering last minute questions. But in the meantime, for those of you who are just getting ready to get started and you're thinking about EXP, just text the letters EXP to 47372. Remember when uh, texting message and data rates may apply. Point number two. Point number two, commit to earning while you learn and be learning all the time. You don't have to be perfect to be productive. You must take action from day one in order to build your skills quickly. And by the way, the best people to role play with are the actual prospects with actual homes to sell. Getting ready to get started has to end today. So that's really incredibly important because a lot of you guys are going to make that mistake thinking that you've got to get your CRM together, thinking you have to get your plan together, thinking you have to get your marketing and branding Perfect together. Perfect the skill Perfect the, scripts. Right? You're going to have to role play and have all this Mickey Mouse. I don't know where that comes from in your head, but let me I assure you that the best people to learn on are the, going to be the buyers and sellers. And that's going to cause you all kinds of psychological angst, which magically will force you to become really, really good, really, really fast because losing sucks and you won't want to have that experience too many times and you'll learn quicker. Hey, Julie and I sold in our early 20s over 100 homes our first full year in real estate. Trust me when I tell you to sell those 100, we probably had to fail 500 times, but we learned. That's right. You know, I do have that conversation even with really experienced agents when they are learning something new, right? Like going after expireds or probate or something that's out of their current wheelhouse. And they want to just drill down and study it and become an expert at it before they make the first phone call, right? So you have to be careful with that. Get into action now. You don't have to be perfect at it. Number three, create your sphere of influence and expand it daily. All of last week's podcasts were about that. These are the people who you already know, your center of influence. Use your smartphone contacts to create a database. Talk about real estate all the time with everyone. And again, podcasts on this. Learn the Ford, F-O-R-D, memory jogger, internalize it, and use it all the time. Yesterday's show was all about that very topic. So make sure you go back and listen to that. Yes. Or was it the 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 past series we did. You have no (laughs) excuse but to be not just creating your database, your past clients, your center of influence, but also doing something about it. Go back, what, three days? Three days in a row. As and a three days fact. in a row. We did a three-part uh, series on that. Now, remember, guys, this is just real estate training. This is not real estate coaching. We only have you for roughly 30 minutes a day. If you want real estate uh, coaching, you're going to have to take the next natural step and become a premier coaching member. We made it very easy for you. First of all, all the notes that Julie and I are reading to you guys right now are below. Just open up the notes, open up more. If it's on YouTube, just show description, whatever. And you're going to see all the notes as we read them are right there in front of you. But also you're going to see a link to join Premier Coaching. Premier Coaching is, as I said, is the next natural step for all of you in your real estate careers, or certainly if you're just getting started. Premier Coaching is free 
for the first 30 days. You're going to love it. There's so much abundance there waiting for you, including a daily semi-private coaching call. Scroll down, click the link, join Premier Coaching. And also there's another link there to join or to start the conversation with us about EXP Realty. Point number four. Point number four, understand what makes you money in real estate and spend 90% of your time in those activities. Longtime listeners, this should sound familiar, but are you living this? Proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying using your scripts, uh, presenting, negotiating, and closing. But the most important actions on that list are, of course, proactively generating leads, making sure you followed up and set appointments, and then present in such a way that you actually win the business. You can hire somebody to process your transactions when you're consistently generating closings, but if you are not proactively lead generating in the first place, the rest of the list is irrelevant. That's right. And again, this goes, I mean, my brain is firing off like, what order should I be hiring staff? When should I be adding my team? When da, 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 da. None of those questions should be in your mind if you're just getting started or frankly, if you're restarting your business. Just focus on your own trade, on your own trade craft. That's what matters the most. And worry about team expansion and worry about branding and marketing and all the rest of this stuff after you've got consistent cash flow from all the things we teach you in Premier Coaching. Which, by the way, all the things we ask you to do in Premier Coaching as far as lead generation cost you nothing. They're about pro it's about proactive lead generation. I'm sure you will agree that you guys are all very sick of getting emails and solicitations constantly for someone trying to sell you leads. Well, guess what? I've got great news for you. You can continue to set those people on a do not respond. Swipe left. Exactly. Swipe left. Because the, re the, reali the reality is, is you can generate an abundance of leads yourself without ever having to pay a referral fee or doing really anything else other than the real work of real estate. We teach you to do that in Premier Coaching. Point number five, Julie Harris. Point number five, understand the spokes in the wheel model. Choose your lead generation spokes wisely and work on them daily. Focus mainly on people who clearly have a desire to sell their homes and supplement with regular communication to your database. Here's our favorite list of spokes, which everybody can utilize, but don't just choose one and be a one spoke wonder. Instead, work multiple sources of business to ensure your success. So the quick list, although again, in Premier Coaching, we teach you a lot more of this and you can mix and match what works for you, but the first one everybody has, so that's why it's at the top, your sphere of influence. These are the people in your database. Again, refer to previous podcasts on that. Next, open houses, absolutely hot lead generators, especially in today's market, cost you nothing. Next, we have unrepresented owners, otherwise known as for sale by owners. They're handing you their phone number and they have a for sale sign already in their yard. You should be speaking with 100% of them in your market. Expireds, older expireds, withdrawns, and temporarily off the market listings. Not only are they willing to uh, need to sell, most some of them have to sell, but they also have demonstrated they are willing to list. Next is door knocking, especially for your buyers with specific needs. New build salespeople who can refer you to prospects who have to sell their existing homes. Do all of the, the above, not just some or one of the above, and don't just dabble in these lead sources. Get really great at them. Point number six. I know we're going fast, but you guys have the notes if you just scroll down. So point number six, commit to profitability. Don't blow your money on the three worst Bs, buying buyer leads, building your brand, or building a team. You don't need to actually do any of those things to be successful or profitable. And I know that is completely against everything that everyone else is saying, but the reality of it is, is that they're trying to sell you into buying buyer leads, sell you into building your brand, and sell you into building a team. Their businesses are predicated on you believing that those things are necessary. And I'm here to tell you, and as is Julie, and frankly, all the top real estate agents in the United States that we've ever personally coached, 
You can have a fabulously, amazingly profitable real estate practice if you just focus primarily on listings. And then frankly, if you never even spend any time or money on the other activities, you'll be right as rain. There is example after example after example. You guys believing, especially the younger, uh, frankly, those of you who've grown up on social media, believing that you have to be famous in order to be successful is absolutely incorrect. When you get older, you will, uh, and if you are older now, I want you to ask yourself this question. If you're 20 and you're listening, if you have to, here's the question. If you have to choose between being rich and being famous, you cannot have both. Rich or famous, financially free or famous, which will you choose? And then I'm going to ask you that, uh, the 40-year-olds and the 50-year-olds and the 60-year-olds, the same question. And here's what I know uh, what the answers will be. The younger person, even though they know in their heart that the answer is rich, they're always going to say famous because they think that being famous will result in uh, being rich or being famous to them, uh, the recognition from others is to them emotionally what they desire more than being rich and being free. The older you get, the less you give a you know, rat's ass, frankly, about what other people will think and the less you care about getting, you know, essentially recognition from strangers, the less important it is for you to be famous. Now, by the, this is all sort of a biological imperative that's very fascinating, psychologically speaking, why people when they're younger are more uh, focused on, you know, peacocking. A lot of it has to do with natural selection, if you believe in that sort of thing, which we do. And you guys getting the point? When you're younger, you're trying to make yourself stand out so you can find a mate and, you know, see um, Wild Kingdom for more examples. And <laughs> do a Google search. Julie's giving me a stink eye. Do a search on YouTube for peacocks and you'll get the concept of what I'm saying. Yeah, you'll get but, the gist. but the older you get, the less that's important to you. Yeah. And the more you would have wished that you would have focused on being rich and financially free. And so having had this conversation with people for the last, you know, couple decades, I assure you that when the older version of you, dear listener, who's in their 20s or maybe even early 30s, the older you get, the more you're going to wish you would have focused on becoming actually rich, aka free. Rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. We strongly encourage you to get ahead of the curve and think like that now versus uh, essentially being 40 and thinking back, well, I wish I would have spent or frankly invested a lot more and spent a hell of a lot less time trying to make myself famous. Speaking of which, another financial point is number seven, pay yourself first. 10% from every single commission check goes to your savings. That's a dedicated savings account, does not have a checkbook with it, does not have a debit card. It is supposed to stay there. That's why it's called savings. 20% to your tax account, for most of you, that's going to cover it. You know, certain states, you may need to do more. And the rest of it to your operations account. Save more if possible right from the beginning. Do not mix these accounts. Now, you can refer to our podcast series about wealth building as well. And if you've been in real estate for a while and you're not doing this, you don't have to be a newbie to start saving 10% off the top, 20% to taxes, and the rest to the... the uh, other account. We Go talk ahead. about this a lot in our book, Harris Rules, uh, and Harris Rules is available everywhere, Barnes and Noble, and all the rest of the places. But I will point this out as well. This might, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a mind bender for some of you, but it's true. Most of the most successful people on planet Earth were, are, and usually, you know, were. Sometimes they sold their companies business owners. But where they made their money, where they built their actual wealth, this is the thing that's surprising. Isn't from the actual. Uh, proceeds from the selling of the business or things like that. They built profitable businesses. They then took that profit and invested in a lot of things, for example, real estate. Mm -hmm. So if you look at essentially a lot of 
uh, wealth creation that's happened. Most millionaires and multimillionaires in the United States are first generation. They did it themselves. So it might be, say, for example, a real estate broker. The real estate brokering did not make that person rich. It's the profits that they made from the brokering that they then put into real estate that made them rich. You guys get it? Your Your vehicle for wealth creation is your real estate business. That should be ultimately an ATM machine. With that money that you pull out of your ATM machine, then you invest that. And over time, the investments you make are going to be what truly makes you wealthy, not your real estate brokerage or your real estate team. That's an interesting concept, but it applies to virtually every uh, entrepreneur that I've ever and Julie and I have ever met. And even look, think of it this way. When you see people that sell their business or sell their businesses, what do they do? They put it in, they become investors basically. And they put a lot of it in real estate, some mm-hmm. other things like that. And that's where they might go from, you know, I sold my business for $5 million, but then when I took the proceeds from that business and I invested in this, that, and the other, now I have a net worth of, you know, significantly more. You guys get the concept here? See your business for what it is. Don't think that someone's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and, uh, you know, basically give you a, the winning lottery ticket because that you sold your real estate practice. Never happens. Point number eight. Point number eight, don't seek or take advice from unqualified fake coaches. Refer to the top of this podcast, what we're talking about. Free YouTube advice, Facebook surveys, and salespeople trying to sell you stuff do not have your best interests at heart, nor do they have the authority or experience to actually advise you. So step away from that. Fake coaches, how do you know? Ask these four questions. I'm going to go through them very quick. Number one, Mr. Fake Coach or Mr. Coach, who I'm trying to determine if they're fake or not. Have you sold real estate before? If not, fake coach, you know, stop right there. Question number two, if they've sold real estate, uh, did you actually sell 100 homes in one year? If they did sell 100 homes in one year, that's a, you know, okay, we're on the right path. Ask the third question. Did you sell at least 100 homes per year? for at least five years in a row? If the answer to that question is yes, which by the way, it'll never will be yes, because I frankly, other than Julie and I, I don't know of any other coaches that meet those criteria, but you go on to the next one. And then the last question is, is have you done at least over 100,000 paid coaching calls uh, you know, not speaking at, you know, on stage or not speaking at office meetings or YouTube videos or any of the rest of it. Have you been paid um, at, you know, at least a few hundred bucks to perform at least 100,000 coaching calls? That's going to be the market tested, uh, essentially, ex- agent who's actually earned the right to call themselves a coach. And again, there are very few people in the industry that even come close to meeting those criteria. You deserve to at least have a coach that at least comes close. And yet, what do many of you do? You settle for anybody that calls themselves a coach and you don't, frankly, have them validate what they're telling you is true. You deserve better. And again, this goes back to the idea that if you take bad advice, you follow the wrong path. That tiny little piece of bad advice, that are a tiny little wrong path, that doesn't just affect you now. It affects you potentially for the rest of your life. So be incredibly sensitive and careful who you listen to, not just about real estate coaching, but any and all aspects of your life. Point number nine. Point number nine, and this is for all of you, but it's a good way to start if you're new. Keep your online profiles professional. Don't be political, opinionated, or complaining. Don't have unfinished profiles. Have a professional business Facebook page. Don't get talked into paying for website optimization. And your social media is there to support your business, not to create business. It is not by itself a spoke. We talk a lot about this on, um, in you know, Premier time. Coaching, right? Yeah. But really, the big takeaway there is be a Republicrat. Mm-hmm. Don't, and I know if you're in San Francisco or one of these other 
you know, dominantly or if not completely uh, left-leaning communities, and there's right-leaning communities like this in the country as well, then maybe not being a, being a you know, more partisan is a smart move. But for the most part, for the most of the country, you're going to want to be a Republican, which means keep your nose out of politics, because even if you're aligning with some people, you're going to be offending others. And I know you can't appeal to everyone, but in real estate, if your highest and truest mission is to be of service to other people, maybe that's a good idea to try to be of service to as many people as possible, no matter whether they're voting red or voting blue. Point number 10. Well put. Okay, number 10. Answer your phone. <laughs> call people back as soon as possible, even if that's to tell them you're about to be in an appointment and you'll call them at a certain time. Lack of communication is the number one complaint real estate clients and prospects have. When they don't hear from you, they're not thinking good things. Answer your phone in the first place as often as possible. Even if you're doing something, you don't have their answer, you are still there for them. Remember, not everybody even bothers to leave a message. They're just going to call the next agent. Your biggest real estate transactions will always come from you answering the phone or if you couldn't right away, doing a very quick lead follow-up, furiously fast lead follow-up, and then using a real pre-qualification script to, like say, for example, a buyer calls calling about 123 Elm Street, you need to find out right away whether that buyer is actually a seller who's just comping that house because they're thinking about putting theirs for sale. Ring, ring, hello. Um, hi, this is Tim. This is if I'm calling back. Hi, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. Uh, I noticed you just called about 123 Elm Street. Um, I was just calling back to see if you have any questions as a courtesy. And the seller's going to, or the, the buyer's going to say, well, I'm just calling to see what the current price in that property is, or is it still available? Let me check to make sure it's still available and see what the current price is and see if anything's changed on the listing. Oh, by the way, which home in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling, right? Now, that's not the whole script, but I'm exposing that, uh, exposing our stance with doing pre-qualifying uh, to you so you understand that you need to lead with the most important questions because then you're going to start generating a hell of a lot more listings. I was just, uh, there are example after example after example and Julie and I are going to start doing interviews from some of our coaching clients so you can hear from agents' mouths exactly what uh, they're experiencing by following our Harris rules in essence and you'll discover that what we're telling you aside from being practical and tactical, also puts you in a very strategic position to quickly dominate your marketplace. Not because you have more branding, not because you bought more leads, not because you have billboards, but because you're actually doing the real work of real estate. Point number 11. Point number 11, don't negotiate over text messages. Text is subject to misinterpretation. The other person might not get the tone that you intended, and other people could be reading their texts, and language barriers make it even worse. It's also not a legal document. That is a big-time rookie mistake, and I would say it is a busy agent lazy mistake. So just don't do it. Pick up the phone. Have real conversations. Again, if you're a buyer and you're competing for a, a buyer's agent, and you're competing for a house, and you're the one that's calling the listing agent while everyone else is trying to send texts, mm -hmm. that does give you an unfair advantage. Point number eleven or twelve, rather. Point number twelve. Focus on being a listing agent. Yes, even if you just got your license, focus on being a listing agent. Listings produce leads, but buyers generally don't. Sellers have to sell, but buyers never actually have to buy. Lead with listings. Case in point, one of our coaching clients yesterday spent the entire week working with, I think it was a, uh, about a million and a half dollar potential buyer. Highly qualified, highly motivated, showed beautiful properties. Guess what happened? They just decided not to buy. Well, Why? It, because when they originally got pre-approved, the payment was different when they asked for this letter and they decided to just wait it out. Now let's talk about the other things that are hiding in the, you know, the shadows of what she just said. 
That buyer's agent, that agent who was working with that buyer, because in their minds they had forty to fifty thousand dollars in commission dancing mm -hmm. around their head, probably was doing crappy lead follow up, probably wasn't generating new leads, probably wasn't doing a lot of the other proactive lead generation things that we yep. teach them to do because they thought they had a home run with that buyer where they were going to make forty to fifty grand. That is ultimately the fallacy of uh, essentially trying to build a buyer's based business because the buyers can change their minds. And all of you who are experiencing high levels of frustration in real estate right now, you got to ask yourself, where is it coming from? It's coming from these Fliberty Gibbity buyers and they're going to become more fragile as the markets, you know, continues yeah. to fluctuate. People hate anything that remotely resembles change and change is what we're going through right now in the economy. Now, Julie said something. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. And there isn't because buyers can always stay put. Buyers can always rent. Buyers can always, you know, do an addition to their home. Buyers can always all kinds of different things. But there are dozens of examples of sellers that absolutely positively have to sell where they don't have a choice, where the uh, cost, literal and otherwise, of not selling the house is greater than the cost of selling the house. There is no example, you might argue 1031 tax exchange, but there are no examples of that on the buyer side. So if you have to choose between working with buyers and working with sellers, and sellers absolutely positively have to transact, and the buyers will change their mind as soon as the wind changes direction, you're going to want to focus on the sellers, point number 13. 100%. Number 13, always say, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that. Then get help if you need it. You can only build your skills by earning while you learn. So don't say no to opportunities when you can say yes. You can always partner with or refer the transaction to another agent if something is just way too far out of your wheelhouse. It's better to learn it. Our coaches are ready every single day to help you. Some of you say, oh, I don't work with first-time buyers or I don't do commercial or I don't do this and I don't do that. Well, that's why you also aren't making the commission. So say, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that. And then just reach out and get some help yourself. And, it, and if you're like with eXp Realty and you have said yes to a commercial opportunity, you don't know what to do with it. EXP has got a commercial division. You can partner with the commercial agent. You can just refer to the commercial agent. The, say yes to every single opportunity you have. You don't know anything about land. You don't know anything about rural. You don't know anything about farms. You don't know anything about whatever it is. Well, guess what? Say yes to it and figure out after you have the opportunity to. And maybe you can't figure it out. Maybe you're not the right agent. And like I said, refer it out to an agent who is, but never say no. When you guys feel the propensity or the desire to say no, it's out of your ego's embarrassment, not wanting to feel embarrassed for admitting to that person, that prospect that you don't know how to solve that particular problem. So avoid, avoid the embarrassment, just say yes, and then figure out the solution after you figured out how to say yes. Amen to that. Okay. Number 14, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. There will be days when you simply don't feel motivated. That is normal. There will be days when you overthink yourself into analysis paralysis. There will be days when you feel less than competent, but do the work anyway so that you can then have days of success, gratitude, and profitability. So much comes through you doing the work that you can't get any other way. Some of you have an experience deficit because you say no too much because it's out of your wheelhouse and you don't deal with it. Learn it as you go. That's okay. And get help. Then, of course, point number 15 is get involved in Premier Coaching so we can move you forward faster, answer your questions daily. We have coaching sessions every single day. And of course, hold you accountable. Scripts, skills, pre-listing package, listing presentation, buyer presentation, and many more things will help you to build confidence, earn money immediately, and shorten that learning curve. Guys, this is your market if you choose for it to be. Or if you want to hide out and wait for the clouds to clear, if you're seeing clouds that are that is, because 
frankly, all of our top coaching clients, they're not seeing clouds, they're seeing opportunity. But if you're not feeling optimistic and excited about tomorrow, next year, the year after that, you've got to start by being super honest with yourself that you are probably essentially saturating yourself with people, with experiences, with environments that are reinforcing the fact that this isn't the greatest opportunity of your life. It right now isn't, the, isn't going to be the start of the greatest period of your life, right? In other words, you're allowing yourself to be influenced by uh, people, places, experiences, all the, maybe your brokerage environment, which is not conducive for you to, frankly, uh, make this your market because of this market. You are allowing your potential to be eroded by the people you listen to, by the posts on Facebook that you read, by the videos on YouTube, by the news channels. Go media free and urgently. And that would be the last thing I will suggest is point number 16, a bonus point urgently go media free. Go media, and if you are going to be a connoisseur of people who are, uh, you know, success biographies and whatnot, one of the consistencies, and I listen to a lot, Julie and I listen to a lot of podcasts about that, but one of the consistencies that you're going to hear with every single person who's really, you know, become one of the most successful people in whatever their chosen field was in the history of history, they are absolutely media free. They do not listen to the propaganda, propagandized news media or essentially are constantly seeking other people's opinions or all the rest of it. They're out there focused on what their particular mission is. It is almost impossible to be really good at more than one thing. So stop trying to be really good at one thing. And if the one thing that you have to be really good at is always having a positive mindset, there is no limit to what you're going to be able to accomplish in your life. And hopefully you guys appreciate this podcast. Thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. You guys have a fantastic day. Remember, there's well over 2,000 past podcasts you guys can be listening to. So make sure if you feel like um, binging on past podcasts, as some of you do, they're there waiting for you. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.